We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans to the pack a day podcast at the pack a day podcast it is your saturday crew i am jason perone of game on wisconsin the quick slants podcast and the pack a day podcast along with mark eckel of packer report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and the Packers Unrestricted Podcast. As is deep tradition, we always start with what's going on in the sky around the great United States. Mark, it's an exciting time. I should say exciting in the sense that there's a lot happening. I don't know how exciting it actually is. On the East Coast, what's happening out there weather-wise? Well, we, um, as we tape this, we're awaiting the... I don't think we're going to get hit too bad, but um, hurricane or tropical storm Elsa is forming just south of us in Florida. So we're going to get a lot of rain um, Thursday, Friday. As like I said, we're we're taping this a little early this week. By by the time you're listening to this, it should be the weather should be back to normal. I, I should be at the beach uh, <laughs> enjoying the sun and probably like mid 80s. I'm thinking by uh, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, and every, everything should be back to normal again. Well, if it's Elsa, if it's her, if it's uh, Tropical Storm Elsa, then it should be a bunch of ice and snow. Then for Frozen, yeah, it? right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a. Little... Does anybody know where that? Ha- who makes up the names for hurricanes and storms and stuff? There's a rotating how? list somewhere, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I've never understood how and why the the names. It's alphabetical. I know that. Like, 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 like the next one will be will begin with an F. Um, but I don't know how to name. I, I never knew how the names came out. Maybe I'll work on that this week and next week. I'll have an answer for since <laughs> a little, we are the weather. Since you're in the hurricane the belt, report. yeah. Since you're in the hurricane belt, Mark, we'll give yeah, that. We'll, neither of you have to worry about hurricanes. I don't think in there. No. <laughs> the worst that we get here in the Phoenix area is just some occasional uh, fallout from Pacific storms that go through like the Mexican Peninsula, but it's rare that that happens. You do you ever get sandstorms? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, not not sand in the sense because we're. I mean, we we're too um, built up here. They're dust storms. 
Okay. So they become dust storms, and if they're if they're big enough and they're high enough, I don't know what the qualifications are, but they it's called a haboob, which is then a massive dust storm, and that's where you see the video of like this big ground brown cloud just enveloping the right. city, like in the movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's not we aren't aren't doesn't look like we're gonna have any of those in Phoenix. Real boring in Phoenix. Uh, 110 and sunny for the foreseeable future, and that's pretty much gonna be my life between now and the end of September. <laughs> so I won't have won't have a whole lot of excitement to add. But last couple of weeks, Paul, you've kept us on our toes with the weather. What's <laughs> happening in the Dairyland State this weekend? So Fourth of July weekend was mid 90s, sunny, super hot. Wednesday, high of 63, so we're all over the place. But it's going to even out to a nice 75, 80 degrees sunny, so I'm looking forward to that this weekend. All right. There you go. Very doable. Very doable. Perfect weather for you to work on the honeydew list and get outside and do some yard work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So fantastic. Well, I hope everybody had a great 4th of July, and here we are at yet another weekend. There was some fun stuff that, well, depending on who you are, that went on with Aaron Rodgers and playing golf this past week. And he was with some other quarterback from some other team in the NFC. I can't remember his name. And so that was earlier this week. But as we have been doing for the past couple weeks, been kind of riding a little bit of Paul's coattails with the great writings that he's been doing. So we're going to focus on another one of your pieces, Paul, and I will turn it over to you to facilitate the conversation. I think it's going to be a little bit of a Q&A with us. Absolutely. Thank you, Jason. So this last probably week and a half now, I've, over the last week and a half, I've put out two articles, my five big questions for the offense entering training camp, and then I had six for the defensive side of the ball. And I think next week we'll do the defense as long as there's no breaking news at that point. But today we're going to focus on offense. So I'm going to go through what those questions were, and I'm going to see how Mark and Jason feel about them, what their answers are, guesses, just whatever they think about it. So, fellas. Should we get the big one out of the way? Yeah. Let's start with, will Aaron Rodgers join the Green Bay Packers? So as we all know, he missed uh, OTA's minicamp. He was subject to a fine of $93,085 for missing minicamp. That's if the Green Bay Packers didn't excuse him. We don't know whether they did or not. If he misses training camp, he will miss or he will be fined. And this is in the CBA. This isn't the Green Bay Packers picking a number out of a hat. He will be fined $50,000 for every day that he misses. If he chooses to skip it all, the fine is north. The total fine is north of $2 million. So, guys, Mark, I'll start with you. One, does Aaron Rodgers show up to training camp? And two, if you think he does, is it right away? Is it in the middle? Is it at the end? Any sort of guess that you can make on that? I don't know. We'll see. Isn't that isn't that what he said the other day? <laughs> That's like, yeah, it's pretty much uh, it. <laughs> um, yeah, Strategic pause there by Mark. It was. Uh, um, nah, I'm, you're asking me my my guess is he'll well, the Packers open July 27th, then they're there 28th. I'm not even sure what day they actually open camp. He'll be there. He'll be there. He'll be there. On he'll be there when he's supposed to be there. He won't. He won't get. Uh, that's, again, I could be wrong, but you're asking me my opinion. He's there. He does. He the he he does not incur any more fines or anything of that of that nature. Um, I'm dying to hear what he says when he does show up. But um, I think yeah, I think there's. I think he he realized he. I don't know what. Well, I, I can't speak for him because I think he's lost his mind. But um, it, my my guess is yes, he, he's there and it's all back to normal. 
Jason? So I talked about this on Quick Slants this week. And it was one of the, the, the topics actually was the, my lead off. And listen, Will, Will C is essentially a yes. I'm coming back. I'll be there. He didn't opt out. He didn't go to, to the mini camps. I'll just spoiler alert right now. I have no source, but the Packers excused him. Absolutely. They're not going to come after a couple dollars mm-hmm. at this in this in this case. They can't excuse him from training camp, but I'll be shocked if they actually impose any fines for mini camp. So I, I think the Packers might have even known he wasn't coming. Um, I do think when he speaks, finally, to your point, Mark, I think we're going to be underwhelmed by what he says at that time. I think what we're, the entertainment that we're going to get from Rodgers is happening right now. So anything that he's saying that that's going to entertain us and intrigue us is happening right now. Now, whether you're entertained or intrigued is completely subjective. That's totally up to from one person to the next. It changes. Some people might see his shtick right now as really lame. And some people might be very entertained by it. I think he's a little... It's it's not the Rodgers we're used to. But listen, it's like like we said before we started recording the show. You show up on Sundays, you play lights out, and you're in the conversation again for MVP, or if he's fortunate enough to win it again, which would be surprising as heck to me, then it doesn't matter. But I think, I think he's going to play quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. It's just, it's obviously both sides' best chance to win and add to the legacy and find high success is with each other. Rodgers isn't going to find this anywhere else in the NFL. So if he wants to virtue hunt, go for it. You're not going to find what you're looking for. And you may end up like a lot of other Hall of Fame veterans who ended up finishing their career with another team. And everybody was like, why did they do that? Why did they go to that team? Why did they play that extra year? Et cetera, et cetera. But I think Rodgers is under center for the Packers this fall. Just just based on the fact that, you know, it's it's we'll see. It's not a no, and he hasn't opted out. All, all the tea leaves, as you like to say, Paul, to me, say <laughs> he's coming back. Yeah, I'm with the, you. The only, the, I'm sorry. The, the only player, that's a good point that you brought up, Chase, about other Hall of Famers going somewhere else at the end. Other than other than Peyton Manning, no other, no other one has ever had the success at the second place, right? Yeah, know, Unitas, know. Joe Namath, guys like oh, that. Like I just done. well, they were done. I mean, but even like Emmett Smith, well, he was kind of done too. But Emmett Smith went to Arizona, was did nothing. Jerry Rice bounced around a little bit with Seattle and Oakland did nothing. Um, no, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm, Joe Montana I'm, made the playoffs, but they didn't get to the Super Bowl. Win, yeah, he won four. You know, he, no, not even close to what he did it with San Francisco. Um, Manning's the only one, right? I, I can't think of anyone else that went somewhere else and was even as good never mind better well Brett Brett Favre was a a really terrible Favre-esque throw down the middle away from who knows what would have happened after that but yeah I mean Favre went went to two Super Bowls with Green Bay with the Jets he was they didn't didn't even make the playoffs and with the Vikings he had the one good year but he didn't get to the Super Bowl so it wasn't as good well, Brady now I guess well Brady I guess I was just going to mention that yeah (laughs) well he hasn't well he's not going to win six Gonna, well, no, he's not going to play long, so he's not going to do better. I mean, you know, um, but Brady's not even—he's not even human, is he? I mean, that doesn't even count. He's like an alien. <laughs> For me, from the start of all this, I've said Rogers is going to be the Packers' quarterback week one. There's, it just never made sense for him not to be, and there's been nothing that we've heard throughout all the the noise and the buzz this offseason to make me think otherwise. I mean, the, a good question, and we've talked about it already, is. Will he be there the first day of training camp? I think so, because ultimately I think this comes down to winning. 
you know, when we look at OTAs and minicamp, there's nothing there for Rodgers entering year 17 for him to gain. You know, that's not like Lafleur is implementing anything new. There's no reps that he's going to take that he can't get, you know, on his own or that he'll take in training camp. So if I had to guess, I think he will be there for the start of training camp when it's, you know, everything kicks up a few notches as we get into the preseason and the regular season just about five-ish, six-ish weeks away at that point. Him, so, him, him, him missing the, uh, the mini camp and all the other stuff was probably in the, in the grand scheme of things for the Green Bay Packers was probably good because it gave Jordan Love oh definitely reps he ever had. I mean, you know, let's you know we we've talked a million times about how Love got cheated last year because of the you know because of COVID and 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 not getting not having a real camp and not having the off season that you normally have and not even having and not having any preseason games so. For the Green Bay, for the Green Bay Packers, it was great for for Jordan Love to get all that work. You know, I mean, and he still would have got some, I'm sure, if Rodgers was there. But Rodgers would have had to get, you know, a lot of work too. If he's there, you have to, you know. So no, I think it, you know, it worked out perfect, really. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, if he missed the first you know, week or two of training camp, I think that they would be okay with that as long as they know that he's going to come back. Although one interesting wrinkle, as much as this Green Bay Packers team in 2021 is the same as it was in 2020, the guy snapping Rodgers' ball is different. So Rodgers, yes, he's in year 17, but there's still some familiarity there that'll need to develop. And of course, training camp in the preseason, or he won't play much in the preseason, but training camp is a good opportunity for that. So shall we move along to the other quarterback? My question was, how does Jordan Love look during the preseason? That's a very broad question to ask. So I'll switch it up to you guys a little bit. And what are your expectations for him um, and how he looks during the preseason? Jason, want to lead us off? Yeah, I think Jordan Love is going to surprise and look pretty good in the preseason. It's against competition level that's not like a game, although you do have guys flying around trying to make teams, and so it's not like there's no effort, but the talent is very the talent is just not there. These aren't starter caliber players. So I do understand that, but I think there's something to be said about you're finally in-game action. There's a pass rush. There's live stuff going on. Your guys are being covered. you got different jerseys on the field. Everyone's got an MO and, and an end game, which is them trying to make a roster. So, But I think... I think Love is going to surprise us and we'll get a chance to see his talent on display. Now, I fully expect him to make some poor decisions and bad throws as well. Uh, that's that's just, you know, and the other thing with young quarterbacks that I think we have to get get comfortable with is that they're going to get they're going to panic and they're going to take off and they're going to run. That's the other thing we have to get used to is, you know, Rodgers for a time, he doesn't do it anymore, but there was a time, even up to a couple of years ago, when Rodgers would take off running and you just you had that trust and that confidence it was going to be effective because you're like, okay, that's Rodgers. He's, if he's running, that's the best option. Whereas with a young quarterback like Love, he's going to start running and you're going to say, oh, just pick up some yards because he's panicking and, and he doesn't, uh, doesn't want to trust his eyes and stick around in the pocket. But I, I have no, I don't watch a ton of film. I don't know what his greatest strengths are as far as throws go, but he's been putting in the work and you'll quickly get a sense for how intelligent he is as far as the offense with some of these um, live reps that he's in, because how does he progress? Is he constantly checking down? I heard there was a lot of check downs in training camp. And then I think it was Bill Huber with SI who said not to panic. You know, that's part of the Lafleur offense. And Rogers did a fair share of that too. Cause you've got Aaron Jones and guys that you can check down to that are worth getting the ball. 
but I still think Love's going to, he's going to impress more than not. I'm excited to see him selfishly because we haven't yet seen him in live action, but I don't think he's going to do well enough to create any kind of a, of a controversy to where we revive the idea of Aaron Rodgers going somewhere else because it's Jordan Love time. But I have, I have better hopes than not for number 10. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What are your expectations, Mark? Well, you know, I, I think I've made it pretty clear that I'm, I'm, I've been a big Jordan Love fan from the day the Packers drafted him. I mean, actually prior to that, I, I, whoever drafted him, I was going to like Jordan Love. Um, I liked him coming out. I thought he should have been a first round pick. I thought he would, I thought he would go higher than when the Packers, I didn't think he'd be there for the Packers to, to, to even trade up to get him. So I've always been a fan. Um, I'm anxious to see him like this. I'm, 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 you know, we didn't get to see anything last year. So, um, I do want to see him. Uh, like yeah, he'll he'll make mistakes, but I mean Aaron Rodgers makes mistakes at, at his age. I mean Tom Brady makes mistakes; he's the best. I mean, um, but he's going to do he, in in preseason in preseason games. Yeah, he'll look good. For the main reason is not just who he's playing with and who he's playing against, but defenses don't game plan in preseason. Yeah, you'll have a, some guys out there trying to make plays, but they're not. All week in practice, the defense coordinator is not going to be game planning for Jordan Love. That's just not what they do in preseason. They worry about putting in their own defense and getting their guys ready. They're not watching film of the other team. They don't they don't come up with strategies on how to stop certain things. They just want to get they want to look at their guys. So that's the biggest struggles young quarterbacks have is when good defensive coordinators come up with different things that they've never seen before and and you know, watch them and, and so okay, this guy does this, or we're going to do this, and he's not going to know, know what to do. That's when young quarterbacks have have their biggest problems. I remember, again, I tell Eagle stories because I covered him for, for so long. There was nobody better at beating a young quarterback than Eagles' uh, old defensive coordinator, Jim, Jim Johnson. I, I, forget the, I forget the number off the top of my head now, but uh, he had an incredible, or the Eagles had an incredible record 
versus like uh, quarterbacks starting for the in their first year. Not necessarily a rookie quarterback, just a, but like a, if if Love were to start this year, you know, quarterback starting for the first time, their record was something like I don't know, it's like eighty nine percent or something. I mean, it was it, it was crazy. It was like whatever in one maybe I mean one quarterback ever beat him in his in his first year. Um, and it was like a low scoring game. It wasn't like the, the quarterback, you know, put up forty points against him. It was just the Eagles offense played poorly that that day as well. So anyway, um, yeah, so I expect Love to put up, you know, some pretty good numbers. Um yeah, he may he may run a little bit as as Jason said. Kind of wish Aaron Rodgers would have run on that third and goal right before they could <laughs> just me. Oh man. <laughs> PTSD <laughs> <laughs> so in the in the article i wrote down a few things uh obviously it won't be to the extent of aaron Rodgers by any means but is what level of freedom is he given at the line of scrimmage to change things up especially early on is it none um so i i thought that that might be something to watch for and then something that both hackett and getsy have talked about is him going through his progressions and his footwork those are going to be Two big things to keep our eyes on. Are his eyes going to drop? How does he look in the pocket from a comfortability standpoint? Uh, and then, of course, accuracy as well. So there's going to be some things to watch. And, again, you guys brought you guys talked about it already. He's a young quarterback. This is going to be a roller coaster ride. There's going to be ups and downs. Can't be too high. Can't be too low. I mean, minicamp was a perfect example. The first day was rough. The second day was brilliant. The third day was in the middle. And that's probably a lot of what this preseason is going to be. Next up, we'll move along to the offensive line, which I think is going to be the most intriguing uh, positional battle uh, on the roster this year. So if Bakhtiari is healthy, we know it's going to be Bakhtiari, Billy Turner, Josh Myers, and Elton Jenkins, which leaves a spot open at guard. If Bakhtiari is out for the first few weeks, then there's likely two spots at guard available. Jenkins and Turner will be the tackles. Myers will be the center. So, Mark, I know you wrote an article about this a few weeks back now, but what are your expectations for the offensive line, what it'll end up looking like week one uh, with Bakhtiari, without Bakhtiari? Who do you think fills in that missing spot or two? Okay, well, with let's, let's, let's say Bakhtiari does, you know, pulls off the miracle and, and, and starts against New Orleans. It'll, like you said, it'll be him and Turner at tackle, Myers at center. Uh, Jenkins at one guard, and I think Lucas Patrick will start at the other guard. Um, I just think you want um, someone with a little experience next to your rookie center. Um, plus, I think Patrick has kind of earned it. Um, I mean, I, I know everybody you know wants to, he's the guy everybody wants to move out, and eventually they will. I mean, the, the Packers drafted a lot of young guys, um, Runyon, Newman, for a reason. Uh, but I think opening day, I I still think it's Patrick. Uh, we'll see. That's why that's what camps for. If you know if, if a Royce Newman goes out there and just looks like the next Elton Jenkins, and in in camp, well then hell then you have to play him right. Um, but if you remember, you know Jenkins wasn't starting as great as he has become, and he, and what a great pick that was. If you remember, he didn't he didn't start the opener. He but Lane Taylor was ahead of him. Until then, then Lane unfortunately began getting hurt, and he, and you know Jenkins went in, and then because they couldn't take him out once he got in because he was so so good. But so yeah, opening now without if, if there's no back to Ari, then yeah, I'm with you. I think Jenkins kicks out the tackle. Um, now you need two guards. My guess my guesses would be 
Patrick and Runyon for now, until I see Newman. Now, I think, you know, from what I'm, I'm hearing a lot of good things about Newman, but until I actually see him, I have to go with what I've seen. And what I've seen is Runyon did okay when in those um, the few spots he had to play last year, going in, you know, cold in the middle of the game, he actually held his own pretty well. So that, that would be my that would be my guess there, Patrick and Runyon. If there's no Bakhtiari, and if there is a, if there is Bakhtiari, then I think Patrick is still your starter. I didn't leave anybody out, did I? Oh, Brady, nope. no, he's not starting. No, that's, <laughs> they're just talking him up a little bit. <laughs> Jason, do you agree with Mark, or did you make any changes? No, I'm a 100% parrot of exactly what Mark said, almost verbatim. I think it's kind of the the old, back when McCarthy was the head coach, and the starters are the starters until someone else takes over, but rarely did you insert the rookie or the new guy in to – to begin the year. So I, I'm in, in agreement. I mean, Lucas Patrick, you could do a lot worse than him. He had a rough game against Carolina last year, but he was steady otherwise. And there's still something to be said about all those guys working together. And, and good point there, Mark, about the rookie center. As good as and as smart as Myers is being billed up to be, he still has to get out there and prove that he can do it. And if that's been the, the combination in camp, also to that point, if, if Myers has been used to Patrick being there next to him, and I know they've rotated guys in and out, then, you know, especially the first couple of games when his head is swimming and he's taken into the NFL experience, you want to keep it as familiar to him as you possibly can. And then also to Mark's point, look, I would love to usher in the next era of the offensive line and show some success for the draft and develop. And to see guys like Newman and Runyon out there and have all these young guys out there starting and able to play right away, but it just doesn't always work out that way in the NFL. But if Newman's doing it, he obviously has very much earned it, and he's lighting the world on fire. So can't be a bad thing in any case, but I I echo exactly what Mark said, exact same thoughts. Yeah, I agree 100% as well. I mean, Lucas Patrick was low-key really good last season. You look at his pro football focus, ESPN numbers, they were among some of the best um, uh, among guards in the NFL last season. And when it comes to making the argument, for lack of a better word, on why he should start, Mark's point about having, and I know you said this in the past too, but your point about having a center, a rookie center, and then a either rookie guard or an inexperienced guard next to him. I think that's a huge reason just to start Patrick for that reason alone. Right. I was going to add that if, if Lindsley was still the center, mm-hmm. they resigned, if they resigned him instead of Aaron Jones or whatever, then maybe I could see you going with, all right, it's not, maybe we, maybe we will give Newman a shot or run you a shot because we're pretty veteran everywhere else. I mean, we got an all pro center. He'd been around a long time. The right tackle has been around for a while. You know, everybody else, but yeah, I don't, I don't, if I'm trying to win, and then the Packers are in win now mode, this isn't a re- rebuilding team by any means. Um, yeah, I don't want to have to. I don't want forty percent of my offensive line being brand new. Oh, that's a great point. And if we look at the Packers in the Gutekunst era, he sets up these draft picks so that they don't have to start right away. Obviously, if they come out and they win and they compete, we've seen him with Lafleur. He's going to put out the best the best players out there, but their position so they don't have to. I mean, even as good as Jair Alexander has become, his first uh, six seven weeks last season, he wasn't the you know quote unquote CB two. He was playing 70 percent of the snaps before he started came back from injury and started playing you know ninety hundred percent of them. Rashawn Gary was brought along slowly. Mark brought up Elton Jenkins. Looking at last year's draft. 
uh, AJ Dillon, Jordan Love, obviously, really the only player who came in and started right away from day one has been uh, Darnell Savage. Other than that, the Packers, their strategy is clear. It's if we have the luxury to let a rookie develop. So I'm referring to uh, specifically Royce Newman in this in this scenario. Uh, they'll certainly take that opportunity as they should. Because in the long run, we're seeing it with Gary. That's uh, going to pay off dividends for these guys because it's just such a it's such a tough leap to make going from college to the NFL. I think the more the better question might well, not better question, but a, a spinoff question is: Are we sure Myers is a center? I mean, it looks that way, mm-hmm. but they're not going to. If he struggles, don't mm-hmm. be surprised if Patrick moves to center. No, that's a great point as well, and the Fleurs talked about he talked about it last summer because the offensive line specifically the right side there was competition he is all about finding the best five regardless of what that five looks like and so i think that's a very good point as well i mean i think i think from what i've heard and what i've seen myers will be fine but Mm -hmm. again until we see it you know that's why they're not i mean i you know i read some things people wanting to hey could patrick be a be a, a cap casualty I say absolutely not. I mean, it's only he only he's not making ten million. He's making two million. It's not that big a savings. Mm-hmm. You're cutting. I mean, that's he's too important. I mean, like like I said, we don't know Myers is the guy yet. I mean, he, we, they want him to be second round pick and everything. But like, but as you just said before, they like their rookies to ease in. Well, you're throwing Myers right out there if, if he's starting. If he's starting against the Saints opening day, that's not easing. That's putting him out there. Um, so. It wouldn't put it this way. I wouldn't be totally shocked if my if Patrick is your starting center opening day. And, um, again, if Bakhtiari's back and you have Jenkins and Runyon a guard, maybe or something, whoever you know, what I'm saying it, mm-hmm. it, it. We don't know. It's 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 a good problem to have because they. I think the line has some has some good young depth right now. If there's one team that knows about the importance of offensive line depth, it's the 2020 Green Bay Packers and this yeah. Green Bay Packers team. There were so many injuries and musical chairs that had to be played last year. And I mean, if you were just uh, if you didn't know who was starting along the offensive line and you just watched from game to game to game, you would probably think it's the same guys each week because regardless of who was in and where they were, they rarely missed a beat. It was, it was really an impressive performance all around. So we will go to, I believe this is question four. If I, I said the offensive line was the most intriguing position battle to me. The most intriguing player for me, and I've talked about him on here before, is Devin Funches. So I will put each of you on the spot. We don't need to get into necessarily what we think he'll do over the season because this, this is meant for training camp. So Jason, lead us off. Does Devin Funches make the final roster? I think he does. I've thought about this. And I've listened to the coaching staff talk the tea leaves, as we like to say, <laughs> a little bit. I, th- I think he does. So your point, Paul, and, and you, you made a good one, and it definitely has caused me a lot more pause because I just assumed Funches would be on the roster. But your point about you take the upside every time over the, a player like Funches who is what he is because you think about the upside of like an EQ, for example – um, and how the Packers could potentially go that route. But I, I think Funches is, is the veteran presence, and, and it's just one more savvy vet that the Packers can use who's played in a lot of NFL games. Now the problem is, is he hasn't played in any NFL games in two years. So maybe that savvy that he has built up during his 
earlier years has all gone away because the last two years not playing is going to make him so rusty. He's just not going to look good, and he maybe he doesn't make the roster. But if I had to, if I had to bet right now one way or the other, and I didn't have a choice to sit it out, I'm betting that Funchess is on the roster. I think he gets worked in very slowly. I don't expect to see a lot of him early on, but he's there and he he brings some of that depth and experience. If the Packers need to call in his number late in the season, you'd rather have somebody who's been in a bunch of NFL games and been in the trenches, um, or I shouldn't say trenches, he's not an alignment, but you know what I mean. He's got a lot of experience and he's been in some games before that he can rely back on some of that experience. How do you feel, Mark? Yeah, I, I, I wish I didn't agree. I, I want to argue, but I can't. Uh, I agree. I agree with, with Paul. Yeah, I think he makes the team. If, if, and again, I'll say this. If he doesn't, it's probably a good thing because it means somebody, whether it's St. Brown, who I highly doubt because I don't think he's any good, um, but maybe it's Jawan Winfrey or, or um, Reggie Megleton or – Malik, somebody. I mean, for him, for for one of those young guys to beat him out, it means they looked unbelievable in camp and and in the preseason games to the point where they couldn't afford to cut him. They just they, they you know one of these young guys just lights it up so much and is just you know putting on a show every day at, at camp and goes out in the preseason games and catches two three touchdowns. Well, that's a good thing. I mean, that's that's great. I would love to see one of those young guys do that because they have a much of a more of a future with the Green Bay Packers than Funches does. I mean, he's a one year he, he's on a one year deal, um, but, but I mean, that's that's asking for a lot. So yeah, you know, on today, July tenth, uh, yeah, I think Devin Funches makes the team for all of, all the reasons that Paul stated. Plus, I think this. The Packers were pretty good in, in in the red zone. I mean, they since Lafleur's Le, offense has been put in, they've been a, until the Tampa Bay game. Um, you know, they've <laughs> been a good, they've been a very good red zone team. Well, he's a red. Even if they're easing him in, as um, Jason mentioned, I think the one one part of the package that we'll use him in is red zone because he's such a big target. He gives mm-hmm. you another big weapon in the red zone. Can play in the slot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get him matched up against a five nine, five ten corner or safety, whatever. That's a bad matchup for the defense. So you know, you just throw throw him a little little lob ball there, boom. That's six points, or it should be. So yeah, I yeah, I think he makes the team. Um, to the only, thing, the only thing that would hold him back is I don't think he's a much. I don't think he's much of a special teams guy. You just beat me to where I was going oh. with this to, <laughs> to push back a little bit and create some dis- a little some fun discussion. There's the Packers only kept five receivers last year. If they do the same this year, four of those spots are already accounted for. Funches, who isn't a special teams contributor, could that be the reason he doesn't for someone like a Malik Taylor, Jawan Winfrey? Yeah. Especially when we look at there's only one football to go around. You have Devonte Adams. You have Aaron Jones. There's the slew of tight ends that they have, Alan Lazard, MVS, Amari Rogers, A.J. Dillon. Could that be the reason that he, if he's not going to make the roster, do you think that's the reason why? Yes. Yes. That, that, as mm-hmm. I said, that, that would be the one thing that holds him back. Now, maybe he can, I mean, has he, he's never been asked to play special teams in his, his, in his other stops, right? Because he was right. starting wide receiver. Just because he's never done it doesn't mean he can't do it. I mean, True. if he's going to be the fourth or fifth, re- or probably fifth receiver, um, well, if they only keep five, he may be in trouble. 
um, I think when when you did your fifty three, you kept six, didn't you? Yep, and I had him there. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 probably keeping. I think they're going to keep six, and that'll and that'll get them on. If they only keep five, that that could be interesting. It could be, and then we're then it'll be fun. It'll save. And, and again, it, if one of these, you know, it's going to take somebody, Taylor, Winfrey, whoever, having a very good camp. A very good camp and a very good preseason, which has happened. We've seen guys come out of nowhere to have and make to mm-hmm. make the team off of what they've done. That's why you have preseason. That's why you know it's preseason isn't for Devonte Adams. We know what he can do. It's for these you know young. It's for rookies and undrafted guys and guys that come out of nowhere that that open eyes. Winfrey opened eyes in in mini camp, right? That's what everybody was talking mm-hmm. about. Well, now the eyes are on him. You know, and we'll see what he can do. I mean, he is a good special teams guy, so we'll see. It's, it's, I, but again, on t- July 10th, but um, two and a half weeks before camp even starts, I think he makes the team. Yeah, that was the other part of the show I did, too, was talking about special teams and Mo Drayton. If I'm Mo Drayton, I don't know how big his voice is in the room, but I, they've had three really average, lackluster special teams units from Slocum to Zook to Menenga. And I know that each time they, they brought in, you know, wanted to in, inject some new life into the, into it all. But by the end of it, it was just, it was, you know, we all know how Zook's era ended. That was pathetic. Slocum's ended on the, the terrible game in Seattle. And then Menenga just, the, the, the special teams have just been also ran. So the Packers may not have the luxury of an entire position group, not contributing, especially when the receiver body type is, I is typically ideal for, uh, gunners, I know you can use defensive backs and safeties and corners too, but it it just it seems like that that could end up being the the telltale. But I think if the Packers are pushed, they add an extra body and, and wi- at wide receiver because I just think they like Devin Funches. I, I I just think he's on the on the team. I don't think that'll be what mm-hmm. pushes them out. I wrote an article for Cheesehead TV. I think it was last Friday. Now can't remember, but it was as training camp, as the preseason unfolds, we know who a majority of the roster spots are going to, but for those back end ones, look to special teams, look who the gunners are, look who's getting a bulk of the snaps in training camp, look who's on the field during the preseason. Cause for some of these back end position battles, that's going to be what determines it. So that might, there's some reading the tea leaves for us, watch the special teams unit. We'll see maybe Absolutely. some of those, Back end of the roster guys are on offense and defense. So on to our final question, and it's one we've kind of discussed before when we went through our uh, 53-man roster prediction, but one of the big questions left on the offensive side of the ball is who's going to be running back three. So we know Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, the Packers, probably a month, about a month ago now, they cut Mike Weber uh, to make room for, I think it was Devondre Campbell on the roster. So it's going to be between Kylan Hill, Patrick Taylor, and Dexter Williams. You guys know how I feel about Patrick Taylor, and we already know that Mark's going to pick Dexter <laughs> Williams. So, Jason, why don't you kick us off? Who do you think is going to be running back three? All right. Well, I got to go with Patrick Taylor if it's amongst those groups. Again, Dexter Williams even still being on this roster is just befuddling to me. Even as a training camp and practice squad guy, you can't do any better. Then that it just it seems like that experiment ended a couple of years ago, and the Packers are for whatever reason hanging on to him. It's not like he was a high draft pick like a Josh Jackson, and you have to give him his entire contract to try and pan out. I don't know. 
your guess is as good as mine. But I'll go with Patrick Taylor, body type, uh, skill set, all those other things too. And and as the third back, uh, the other thing you have to keep in in mind is we don't know how much of Amari Rogers we're going to see moving around in the offense. And I'm not saying he's going to become a running back and drive Andy Benoit crazy and wear 87 and be out of the backfield. We know he's going to wear a single digit number, in fact, but he's going to get some snaps back there and move around. And so I don't know that the third running back is going to be as key and as vital. Um, I kind of, this, this kind of takes me back to the days where, this was a fun – you know when this would have been a fun conversation, Paul? You were probably just coming into your your own as a Packers fan, and, and Mark, you can relate to this. This would have been a fun conversation during the Amon Green, Najee Davenport, Tony Fisher days because yep. they all played a specific role, and you wanted all three of those guys on the in the backfield, and you needed all three of those guys, not to mention Henderson at fullback. But the, those three guys played, a, played an equal role. But when you have an Aaron Jones and an A.J. Dillon, I just don't know how much the third running back is going gonna, is gonna to – impact the offense when you consider some of those other weapons. But if you ask me out of all, all of those guys, to me, it's, it seems like a, a pretty easy choice. It's Taylor. And I think Hill, if nothing else, I think Hill gets to the practice squad and everybody's worried that he's going to get plucked because of that speed. I, I think he'll be okay. I think the Packers could stash him away and keep him, save him for a rainy day. How about you, Mark? I'm going to go Hill uh, for two reasons. One is if they, I mean, I think they like Taylor. And I, you know, they obviously like Taylor. They they draft for a reason. I mean, if they were sold on Taylor as as number three, they would have drafted um, something else there, like a long snapper. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so the fact that they drafted Hill, they like something about him. And some people that I've talked to around the league think that that might have been that might be a, one of the steals of the draft, uh, uh-huh. getting him where they got him because he has there's a lot of ability there um he has as Jason said he has the speed uh he can he's a, a great receiver out of the backfield which as you know Packers want their backs to catch the ball uh he could be Tony Fisher um matter of fact they, they might be what they that might be Aaron Jones might be I'm on green AJ Dillon could be Najee Davenport oh, that's true <laughs> And Hill could be Tony Fisher. I mean, that, that, that was a great thing that you brought up there, Jason. And again, I and I do agree with Jason, running back three is not going to make an impact as long mm-hmm. as everybody's healthy. But running backs get do get nicked up from time to time. So if if, if a Jones, um, you know, gets a little nicked and has, to, and, you know, I'm, God forbid it's a long-term thing, but just, you know, has to miss a week or, or same with Dylan. Like last year, Jim, um, Jamal Williams missed the cut. That's that's why Dylan played that game, right? Jamal Williams was 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 out a couple weeks. I'm not mistaken, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And Dylan had a great game against Tennessee. So there's going to be, you know, just probably between Jones and Dylan, they're going to miss a game or two combined. Hopefully, no more than that. So you're going to have to have another backup on the, you know, active that that night or that day. And um, that's why that I mean. I don't think they'll dress three backs on a normal game on the 40 when they, when they, you know, when they dress 47 now, 46, whatever it is. Um, they'll probably have that guy on the in, inactive list most of the time. Unless, again, let's go back to what, what we just talked about five minutes ago. Who's the better special teams player between Hill mm-hmm. and Taylor? And I'm not even going to mention the other guy because I don't want to <laughs> say him. <laughs> so, uh, 
you know, that's going to that could play a big role in who makes the team and who's your running back three. But I just think he'll I think they drafted him for, for a reason. Mm-hmm. And the reason that uh, I like this this question is because I think it's closer than most people think. I think Hill obviously had an impressive career college. He's well suited for the Lafleur system, as is Taylor. But we haven't seen Taylor. He was undrafted a year ago. He spent most of the year on IR. I think he's just forgotten about. But he too is well suited for this offense. And I think we really can't overlook that year in the NFL, that year, you know, sitting in meetings, even though he maybe not participated in a lot of practices, being in it, being on the field, being around the team, you know, absorbing the playbook. And, you know, this is an offense for running backs, receivers that can get complicated, a little fluor system, depending how deep they, you know, are expected to go and what their responsibilities are. So I think that will be a factor with that said, if we get to the first week of September and he'll wins a job, I'm not going to be surprised if Taylor gets the job. I'm not going to be surprised whatsoever. And you two both hit the nail on the head. This is going to be the AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones show for the most part, but I think it's a good conversation to have. And again, um, you kept all four if I'm not mistaken. I did. I did. Which again isn't. Again, you know, it, the, that's why. Again, I'll say it again. Training camp and preseason isn't to see how good Aaron Jones is. We already mm-hmm. know how good he is. It's to see who's better between Taylor and and Hill, and maybe some other guy that we don't even know. That's there's some. I don't know. Is there another running back on the roster somewhere? I don't. I mean, guys come out of nowhere sometimes. They really do. And you just say, oh, how about that? I mean, a great example of that is when Matt Flynn beat out Brian Brom to mm-hmm. be the backup quarterback way back when. Yep. Brian Brom then was the second round pick where everyone thought was, oh my God, Brian Brom. Well, Brian Brom was supposed to uh, beat out Aaron Rodgers at one point, wasn't he? Uh, it, it, was, it was talked about and he just didn't, and they never played anywhere and Matt Flynn turned out to be a, one of the best backup quarterbacks in Packer history. I think. Am, mm-hmm. I, over, am, am, am I over doing Matt Flynn there? No. Hey, listen, Matt Flynn's a record holder in Green Bay. Didn't he? <laughs> yes. the, the six touchdowns yes. on, the, on yes. I in 2011? Matt. I'm the president of the Matt Flynn. <laughs> Brett, even Brett Favre didn't pull that off. No. Unless you count the games, unless you count the games where he threw for four touchdowns and two pick six, and then it was six touchdowns. They just didn't all go the right direction. <laughs> right. The ball found the end zone, though. <laughs> I have to say this because of just last year and no preseason uh, training cap not be opening open to the public. I, I can't overstate just how excited I am for this all to begin this year. And we're getting there, friends, just a couple weeks away. Yeah, we're counting the days. <laughs> Almost there. So as we do to end each episode, we will go around the horn with what is out, what's upcoming. Jason, you want to take us off? Well, it's pretty light for me because over at Game On Wisconsin, we're doing some revamping and getting ready for what is our launch of our second season in existence. So Quick Slants will be on hiatus next week, and then it'll be back the week after when we kind of relaunch everything. So looking forward to that. And then, of course, I'll be back with you gentlemen once again next weekend for another show. And, and we're getting ready. We're, football content's coming. So it's, it's, we're going to have to say goodbye to all these fun topics. <laughs> Absolutely. Mark? This, this is football content. We're talking football. Today. We're, not, we're not talking about the Suns and the Bucks, which you guys were dying to talk Ooh. about. I said, no, we're not talking NBA playoffs. He I'm, said it, not me, Paul. He I'm said it, not me. Right. I don't, we don't, our fans are Packers. I don't want to hear about the sun. 
Anyway, uh, I have, um, if, you, if you've noticed during the show, if you've been paying attention, I mentioned the name Juwan Winfrey a couple times, and that's because mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a nice story up about Juwan Winfrey. I had a chance to talk to him last week, and I posted a story about him on, on Packer Report. Had a great quote about, um, you know, he had been hurt a lot. He was hurt in college. Uh, and he, he went to the, the Broncos, drafted him, six-round pick, and he was hurt his rookie year in, in, in Denver. Um, and it kind of, you know, it's been kind of a, tough for him i mean you know going through these injuries um and i you know i asked he said yeah he feels great now he said all i had to do was get out of the state of colorado <laughs> so uh so i got a story about winfrey up and i have a um i'll have a story up this week also about the defensive line and basically i think it's better i i, I don't think the, i think the defensive line is a lot better than people think it's going to be and i'll tell you why on my in my story looking forward to that one uh for me i've just been kind of going through profiling i guess if that's the right word uh different players got something about uh big bob tunyon kb and vernon scott i have these question articles for the offense defense even did one for special teams we'll see if uh, we're if we're uh, desperate enough for content to spend an episode doing that but i got all that stuff out there so until next time as jason prone always says take care stay safe and go, go pack, pack go, go. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com